Hey there, my name is Janny and I'm the host of What's On Your Mind. I interview guests about their weekly musings and Wikipedia rabbit holes, like toxic beauty standards, or the impact of redlining, or bees. Whatever it is, we'll process it together. We'll all learn a little something and take another step in creating our own stories, all while adding another laugh line to your face. Quinn Tempest is the founder of Create Your Purpose. She helps people turn their passion into purpose. We talk about self-care, branding, setting boundaries, working from home, and enjoying the small things in life. That sounds, sounds good. good. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Um, so we're going to begin. Hi, Quinn Tempest. What's on your mind? Gosh, so much. <laughs> where, do we, where do we even begin? There's so much going on in the world, both personally and outside of where I am right now that it's it's just a open season on different topics isn't it yeah absolutely well I'm down to start wherever you want we can start on the personal we can start on the world we can start with your home which is so beautiful by the way (laughs) thank you yeah I, I really love it we live in a loft so it's an urban loft which was an old historic building it was built in the 20s and I think there was something like 16 apartments maybe even more in this building and so in like 2003 it got gutted so all the walls are original so there's brick walls since people are likely listening there's some really old brick walls but then everything else inside is new Uh, so they made it into six uh, uh, up downstairs lofts and so they're really unique it looks like we're in new york city but we're in the heart of downtown phoenix (laughs) so we love it here but yeah i've been here so much lately so i think you know, a lot of that is on my mind is just how do you rest and how do you work and how do you play all in the same space and not I go crazy. That. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's break that down because I mean, I've, and I've seen you kind of post some of these questions too on your, on your Instagram to kind of engage with the audience, to ask them, you know, how are you, you know, taking breaks? What do you do to kind of set those boundaries? So um, how have you kind of dealt with all this and, and did you always work from home or did this, did COVID kind of um, make your, make the work from home for you? Or was this something that you had to transition to? I've worked from home for 10 years now. So the, the work element wasn't too different. So that felt pretty seamless for me. I think the biggest change was now my husband is here full time. So he's downstairs right now. I'm upstairs. We're actually both on calls. So, (laughs) (laughs) which can get tough in an open loft space, but for the most part, he's a lot quieter than I am. I've got the loud theater voice. So, (laughs) um, so that, that's just been different because he's home and you know, I was kind of the ruler of the roost for so long where I had the space to myself. I could work here at my desk upstairs, or I could go downstairs. I could be on the couch. And now we're kind of like split, like I take upstairs, he takes downstairs. So I think that was just a big change of just being with my husband all of the time, every single day. And then also I used to go to a co-working space. Mm. And I think that was a big thing, co-working spaces and cafes. That was a huge way for me to break up my energy and to be around people. And, you know, because most of the time, most of my work is on Zoom. Like I was very familiar with Zoom before this. (laughs) Um, I'm even more familiar with it now. Uh, But that was really my opportunity to go to a co-working space or a cafe to see people, to see, you know, people I knew, to feel like I was a real human, not just, you know, at home all the time. And obviously now that's not a possibility, especially in Arizona. We're completely shut down because we had a huge spike. Um, in July. So Mm. that's been really interesting to learn how to navigate my own 
energetic shifts or to almost like in a way manipulate them so that you, when I can't move, you know, when I can't go anywhere. And so I had to get creative of like, okay, I'm going to work at my desk. But then when I do writing, I go to a different chair and then, oh, okay. you know, like it's like things like that, or I need to like take little walks, like 10 minute walks just to shake up my energy and get, you know, out of my own head. So that's been really interesting. Just to, how do you modulate your energy to stay a both positive, but be productive when you can't move when you can't go anywhere. Yeah. I love that that you're like moving within your own house. You've found these like different energy pockets, whether it's a rest pocket or a play pocket or a work in a relaxing way kind of pocket versus work. But like, I really have to stay mentally stimulated kind of pocket. (laughs) Like you've, (laughs) you've found that in your own space, which is really cool. I've had to because I used to use going to a cafe and, you know, as that energy modulation and that's just not an opportunity. I think it got a little squirrely though in Arizona when it got really hot because, you know, before we were able to go outside and it was beautiful. You know, we have great weather most of the year, but during the summer it's, you know, deathly. And so that was great in the spring when we were first stuck because we could go outside, we could work outside, we could go to patios. And then it got to the point where, okay, now you can't go inside anywhere because you're not allowed. And B, you can't sit outside anywhere because you're going to die. So it's gotten really, really hard. Uh, So I was like moving within like five feet for like over six weeks of like, okay, I'm going to work out right behind my desk. And then I'm working here for eight hours and then I'm going to bed five feet away. Uh, so thankfully we have a garage, which is unused because we don't own cars. So we made a little home gym in the garage. Oh, that's so smart. Yeah. So now we're, we kind of joke. We're like, oh, I'm going to the gym, you know, <laughs> even though it's like, you know, 20 feet away. So that, that's helped a lot. And I feel grateful that we even have that space, uh, because you know, it, half of it was unused. So we just took advantage of it. That is so smart. I wish that I could do that here. I'm in a, a one bedroom condo. <laughs> so, um, and I mean, luckily my, well, not luckily, my partner lives in Georgia. So obviously it is most, most of the times uh, very unfortunate, <laughs> but luckily because we don't live together right now, it's like, I'm able to spread out and I don't have to worry about um, navigating the workspace with somebody else. But when he does come visit, I tend to just stay in the bedroom and he just sprawls out all of his stuff in the the living room. And then during break times, it's like, okay, let's eat a meal. And then, okay, back to work. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, you have to learn to navigate each other and then also to navigate yourself because you're with yourself and your thoughts so much more than you were before. And I think that's been a really interesting part of this because it hasn't been as big of a challenge for me because I went, I went through a yoga teacher training. I practice meditation. I feel like mindfulness is a big part of my business, mm-hmm. but I met, I have friends. I have people in my community that I run that it's been really difficult. It's been a challenge to sit with yourself and to be with yourself, be by yourself for months and months on end. And if you're not comfortable with your own thoughts, it can be kind of a scary place to be introduced to in a kind of a rude, brutal way. No, that's a very, that's a very good point. And, and I feel like I kind of, I go through ups and downs. Like I feel like on some days I'm, I'm really good at it and I'm at my A game. And then there are some days where I'm just like, oh man, I'm, today's just one of those days where I'm feeling the feelings and I'm not able to be resilient and spring back or I am resilient. It's just, you know, I, it might take me more, more than a day. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, it's this, these are, these are tough times. And I, and I think it's teaching people a lot about themselves. It's forcing us to learn about ourselves and each other faster, I think, and um, learning about the world and how it operates, learning how to use technology faster. And, and yeah, I mean, speaking of resilience, yeah, just seeing how resilient hopefully we are and seeing how we bounce back from this. Yeah. Yeah. I think resiliency, that's, that's such a key word. And it's such a word that I don't think was in my vernacular for the longest time is like, oh, am I resilient? You know, I don't think until you can really reflect back on your life, can you see how you've been at your lowest low, but you've been able to get out of it. Like you need that retrospective look in order to really unearth your own resiliency. But I think there's there is a really good benefit of doing that in reflecting. And during this time, especially if you have more time, I know not everyone does with kids and things like that, but if you do have the opportunity just to reflect, this is a really great moment just to pause, to say, how did I get to this moment? And then what would my new normal be? Because mm. first off, you know, it's not going to be normal. Like we knew it maybe ever again, and definitely not for a long time. So we have to keep redefining and defining, well, what would I want to go back to? Or what do I want to begin again? Or what do I want to start for the first time ever? And I think this moment in time gives us that opportunity to ask those questions and just to remain curious about what those answers may be. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And, and kind of learning too from this, from this time and saying, okay, once things go back to the, you know, quote, new normal, um, you know, what are some things that, you know, I learned during this time, but I can still do during that new normal. Like, I think this, this time maybe did push some of us out of our comfort zones for better or for worse. But I know personally for me, like I, I mean, I started this podcast during all this because all of a sudden, like, I'm not able to go to the gym. I have so much free time in the evening. So, so why not? And I know, um, you know, speaking of, of gyms, like my favorite um, dance yoga studio here, they started offering Zoom classes and they're going to keep doing it. And they started to, to offer um, little pop-up outdoor classes that partnered with other local businesses and said, you know what, you have a patio lawn. Can we do a, a yoga class outside in your courtyard? Um, and they're going to continue to do that, you know, in, yeah. in the new normal. So I think there's a lot of really cool just lessons learned out of all this. I think we've been able to to see how creative we can all be. Um, obviously, there's a lot of sadness that has come with this time too, but um, I'm always just trying to, to I, I don't, I don't want to sit in sadness too long, so I'm always someone that kind of looks for the, looks for any type of brightness, and for me, this is it of just like, look how creative we all are as people. <laughs> Yeah, I think you, you can be creative when there are constraints, right? When you're just given like a blank canvas and, you know, told to do whatever, it's really hard. You're like, I don't know, unless you're like a genius, sometimes it's really hard to just come up with some, something from nothing until they say, okay, well, you're going to use this type of paint, these type of paint brushes, and you're going to do this type of landscape or something. And then you can actually create something. Uh, and I think oftentimes we need that form of constraint in order to be creative. I think everyone always talks about, oh, you got to think outside the box. I'm like, no, create within the box and then you can get, you know, creative outside of it. But oftentimes moments like this in a big scale or even smaller moments where we have constraints or we can put constraints on ourselves, that's where really good ideas come you know, come about because we wouldn't have thought of them otherwise. That's a really good point. It's like you, like 
you almost need an obstacle or boundary because your creativity is then the solution to get past that. Exactly. Obstacle. I yeah. never thought about it that way. That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I think creativity is always like, Oh, it just like hits you on the head. I'm like, no, no, no. Like you need constraints and like borders and boundaries and like things that you're going to butt up against because really creativity is just a solution to a problem. Yeah. Right. And so you need to have that solved problem or you need to have that clear problem in order to know how to resolve it. And that's where the creativity comes in. Yeah. I love all of this. And you said that you're, you're from like a, you said marketing background. Is that yeah. what you said? So mm-hmm. I was wondering if we can dive into that a little bit more. I know like your, your brand and your, your kind of your, your business and your services are all around this idea of know your purpose. Mm-hmm. And I'm very drawn to that because my, um, brand and kind of what I'm this idea, I guess that I'm selling is know your story, tell your story. And I feel like we're very in line. So I would love to hear just what inspired you to do that and, um, kind of what that journey has been like for you. Yeah. So my company is called create your purpose and really it stems from my background in messaging and communications and marketing. And for the longest time I worked with clients, mainly small business owners, entrepreneurs, but also on the corporate side. And it was all about getting to their core and understanding, well, what is your true message? What is the impact that you want to make on both your customers and clients, but on the world as a whole? And I felt I was always drawn to the types of businesses that at the time I wouldn't have called them this, but I said purpose-driven now. You know, there was a deeper meaning to it. There was an emotional drive. There was a real passion underlying what they did or what they sold. And I felt like I got really good at finding that and getting to that little gem and learning how to build strategies to communicate that effectively. And I found the clearer that that purpose was, both the small business owner was more fulfilled Mm -hmm. and they felt like their work was meaningful, but then all of their things that they did or sold, their marketing, their products or services, those became more effective too because they were rooted in a why. And that's really where it came from was just seeing what worked best and what didn't work and what lit people up and what didn't. And so really I created Create Your Purpose as kind of like a, I don't know what to call it, but a synthesis of marketing and branding and all of those strategic things that you have to learn to build your business, but rooting it in a sense of meaning and purpose and whyness that so many entrepreneurs, so many people in the business world just gloss right over. And then they blame all the what's and the things that aren't working because they've never connected the dots between everything that they do. So I found that I was interested in fusing the two. I wanted to run my business in a way that felt good and magical and fun. And I found so many other people that felt the same way. And so I created Create Your Purpose. I now have a membership community. There's about 40 of us in the group of just people from all around the world that really are centered around these ideas of meaningful entrepreneurship. And yeah, so everything I do is connected back to that in a way of bringing marketing and meaning together and helping people feel more fulfilled in their work. I really love that because, um, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've come across so many people who are so passionate in what they do, but it, it comes down to this idea of, can you, 
can you wrap all of what you do into this, into this message so that you can share it with other people to get them excited about what you're passionate about. And, and I feel like that's what, that's what you do for people. And I think that's just, it's so beautiful. And again, I, I was saying this before we officially recorded, but I just, I love your, your content that you do because you provide actual tips and strategies on your Instagram page, like in completion, <laughs> like it's not, you know, here's one tip and then, you know, sign up for a workshop for tips four through five. You're like, okay, here's tips one through five and they're very tangible and you can do them this week. And I just, um, I have learned a lot from, from your page. So, um, yeah, I mean, everyone needs to go check it, check out your, your, your Instagram page. <laughs> That seems like a good point for a break. Time for some ads. I always like to make sure that the products I buy or the clothes I wear have good practices behind them. When you buy from Serengeti, you support artisans, their families, and ancient fabric-making traditions. By giving 10% of their profits back to grassroots causes, they work to improve lives in their communities. There's a story behind every product they make, so when you wear Serengeti, you are truly wearing a piece of the world. You can get 20% off of every purchase with my code JANIRAD20. That's J-A-N-I-R-A-D-20. Check them out at Serengeti.com. Serengeti, wear the world. Common Good Clay is a polymer clay earring business born out of a love of unique, playful statement jewelry, plus a desire to do good and give back. For each piece sold, 15% is donated to nonprofits advancing social justice. Because at Common Good Clay, we believe that your earrings should not only look good, but do good too. Sales are currently benefiting the YWCA to support their work eliminating racism, empowering women, and promoting peace, justice, freedom, and dignity for all. All of Common Good Clay's earrings are handmade by me, Marisa, in my home studio in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Check out Common Good Clay on Instagram at commongoodclay or on Etsy at commongoodclay.etsy.com. And now back to the show. Good. Yeah, I'm on there way too much. But yeah, I always, <laughs> I always try to provide a lot of value. You know, my background is in content marketing. And so it's all about nurturing relationships and building relationships by providing value. And that's what I do, you know, and I know a lot of people will just tease something and then they'll try to sell you on something. And look, I run a business. I have a bottom line to think about too, but I think so many people just tip in the other direction and that's all their marketing is, is sales. It's actually not marketing. Marketing is about relationships. Sales is obviously about sales. So you have to start to kind of split the two and make sure that you're balancing both ends of it. And for me, I'm more about relationships and marketing. And I know that, you know, when I have an offer or when I have a launch, there are going to be people there ready to buy because they trust me. And so I built that trust. I built that loyalty versus trying to sell to people all the time, which just doesn't feel good for anyone really. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good point. Yeah. I feel like I'm, you can, you're the expert here. You'll have to correct me if this is the wrong way of thinking about it. But I once learned that sales is selling a product and marketing is selling idea and the passion behind like a brand. Is that? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's really about communicating the transformation that will be facilitated, whether it is a product, a service, or even to a nonprofit. Like what is your investment going to get you and how will it change you? 
um, especially in my line of work with service providers or more meaningful purpose full entrepreneurship it's really about that it's like well, let me identify you know the struggles that you have the pain points that you have but then let me show you what you can be like and who you can become and then i'll walk you through how to do that so it's really about focusing on the transformation from point a to point b and then selling usually gets taken care of if you've done that part correctly yeah wow okay so this is interesting speaking of transformation and connection and people um because those are keywords that come to mind when I think about it, but we both have a theater background. I, we this, do. This yeah. like re weirdly came up um, while we were exchanging emails, but what's your theater background? And do you feel like you tap into that at all as your current state? Yeah, so I've been in plays my whole life uh, since I was little. I think I my first role was a fairy in Peter Pan. Oh, and I remember- too. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even, I was like fairy number two. Like I wasn't Tinkerbell or anything. Oh but. my God, that is too funny. Oh, that's great. Um, yeah, so I was in that. And I remember even then, like how competitive I felt. And I was like, well, I should be Tinkerbell. Even though I had never been in a play, I never acted. Like I didn't know anything, but I just felt immediately like I needed to be Tinkerbell. Hmm. Um, didn't get it. But yeah, I probably was like seven or eight. And so it just, you know, the theater bug hit me. I took a really great drama course in middle school. And then when I went into high school, I just knew that's what I was going to do. So I was in all the plays there. I was only doing like straight drama, not musicals or anything. It was, mm. I was much more into just theater, uh, not musical theater. And so I decided that was going to be my major in college. And I thought I was going to act professionally. That was my dream. So I went to LA for college and studied at LMU out there. So I have a degree in theater, um, but I also did other things. So I got a BA, which is kind of like, you know, the broader theater degree. Yeah. So I also did costume design. That was a big focus of mine, you know, set design, all of that. So I have a full theater degree, but my focus was always on acting. Um, and then when I graduated, I was like, nope, I'm not going to do this professionally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It wasn't that I didn't love it. I just, I think I was so scared about money, to be honest. Like yeah. all my friends in LA were like waitressing and doing these like gigs. And I just didn't want to do that. I didn't want to, I don't think I believed in my dream enough to care about the risks involved in it. Sure. And yeah, I so I went into marketing, which is actually, I realized after a while, it's like a perfect compliment to act. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was like speaking yeah. of all of this. <laughs> yeah, and I totally see like how the dots all connect now. You know, like acting's all about helping people, you know, moving them to emotion, right? And telling stories, and then marketing obviously is the same thing except moving them to sell, but you're still telling stories. And all throughout that, I was really just interested in like meaning and purpose and self-development and a lot of that came through with acting because you're always talking about self-development and mindfulness and how you can embody a character and I just thought there was a lot of magic in that so I see how it all connected and I definitely use theater in everything I do I mean you can tell I'm very dramatic I gesticulate quite a bit with my hands <laughs> I'm also a hand stalker uh, yeah so and I also am a speaker so before COVID, I was speaking on stages all over the country. I was getting hired for that. 
And that was huge for me because that was how I was able to build my brand mm. was getting up on stage. I already had the stage present. I had the vocal training. You know, I had all that stuff that so many speakers who are subject matter experts struggle with. I had that already. So really it was just me getting my content down. And so I was able to get some really good gigs that way. And now it's all about just, you know, speaking online and being present and being able to transmit ideas and tell stories. So, you know, although I never went into acting, my degree, my theater degree was not purchased in vain. <laughs> I, did, I did get something out of it. And I think everything I learned from creativity to collaboration to just presence, I learned through the theater. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I, I'm not even going to regurgitate what you said because I'm, I'm snapping along. Like, I feel like everything you said, I'm like, yes, exactly. Like when I try to explain to people like, you know, what my theater background has given me, it's it's been just that. I feel like it's been, um, you know, I, I feel like just a lot of my my strengths and presence and communication and connection and storytelling has, has, has come from that. And, and yeah, and like you said, even a lot of that introspection work, like so much of theater for me was a lot of introspection and, and being with yourself and being with your thoughts. (laughs) Um, and so, yeah, that's definitely just helped me, um, on a, both a professional and a personal level. Um, and in fact, I, I use a lot of theater elements when I, when, well, when we were not in COVID, but during like yeah. interactive workshops for teaching and, and like content building, um, always using different types of games or image exercises or body exercises to connect with people. And yeah, it's a great um, communication tool and a great tool to bring people together. I, I, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just thankful my parents were like, yeah, you want to go to school for theater? Go for it. You know? <laughs> I wasn't as lucky. <laughs> I wish though. Yeah. I wish, Cause but. I can imagine like if I, you know, cause I do know people who are their parents are like, Nope, Nope. You're getting a business degree, you know? Yeah. And I just like, can't imagine I would be in the same place I am now, like happy and successful from, you know, all points of view, at least in my, in what I define success to be, right. uh, you know, I don't think I would at all be in the same place if I yeah. was forced to go a different route and I think it's good that I had, you know, supportive parents who were like, sure, go for it. Yeah. I figured it out. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and yeah, I mean, everyone's path is different and, um, I'm, I'm a little, I'm, I'm a few steps behind you in terms of the getting on stage. That's where I'm, I'm trying to head now. So, um, I did my first, um, Ted talk back in February before all this happened. And now I'm like, you got it in right in the nick of time. And now I'm like, all right, virtual stage here I am. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I'm excited to see where that takes me, but I, wasn't able to do a theater degree. Um, unfortunately that, that I was not able to go that route, but, um, that's okay because my path led me to where I am with all my other degrees. But, um, luckily all of my hobbies and paid jobs on the side, all theater. (laughs) So thank you so much for being on the podcast. You're welcome. It's always fun to chat about all things COVID, I guess, and mindfulness (laughs) and theater, maybe not COVID, but theater, mindfulness, and purpose are my favorite Hey, we found the bright side. If it was possible, we found found any bright side. (laughs) We did. We did. (laughs) So um, where can people find you online? Well, as I said, I'm on Instagram way too much. So (laughs) you can find me there. Just search my name. It's quinn.tempest. And then my website has a bunch of resources. So if people were interested in what we were talking about with purpose, 
and purposeful entrepreneurship. I have a quiz they can take, which I think is super fun. It's just 12 questions and it will tell you what I think your purpose might be, but it's up to you to reflect on it. So that's just at quintempest.com. I love that. I definitely perused that. It is fun. If people like taking personality tests or um, even like the Enneagram or anything like that, this test is very much like that. It's like you you offer us something, but it's up to us to kind of do the work and and dive deep to see what really resonates with us. Exactly. Really really nice. Um, And also just to pitch a little bit more for you about you too. I also saw that you do offer some, some services like design services and things like that um, to help people kind of come up with um, templates and things for their own social media and stuff like that. So, yeah, I um, do. I do some web design and just digital consulting. And then I have uh, my membership community of the women entrepreneurs who are all about create your purpose. So a couple things going on. <laughs> I love that. Well, thank you so much again. Um, everyone, please go follow Quinn. She's an absolute delight and you will just you will leave Instagram with a smile on your face because her Instagram page is so colorful and has all the colors of the rainbow on it. (laughs) Thank you for supporting the podcast. Subscribe wherever podcasts are found. And of course, rate, review, and share with a friend. Don't forget to check out serengeti.com and get 20% off of every purchase using code JANNYRAD20 at checkout. And check out Common Good Clay at commongoodclay.etsy.com. If you want to learn more about me, you can check out my website, jannyrad.com. That's J-A-N-I-R-A-D.com. And find me on Instagram at J-R-P-W Surfaces. Love the podcast music? That's BK Williams. You can follow him on Instagram, Brian K underscore Williams 28. Thanks for listening.